Hi, this is Chef Justin Kingsley Hall with Main Street Provisions. Hello, this is Chef Oscar Amador from Medio Tapas. Hi, this is Andrea from Poppin' Pies, and you're listening to Two Sharp Chefs. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Hi, Louis. What's up, love? Yay! I miss you and I miss the podcast. Right? Welcome back. <laughs> So here we go. We're going to start with a caffeine buzz. That's a great way to start. Uh, Today, we're talking with Josh Molina, owner of Makers and Finders, and also the new Take It Easy Coffee Roasters in Las Vegas, Chinatown. So that's exciting. And because we're talking to him, we are talking about coffee in pandemic provisions. Coffee. Coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. Coffee. So let's take it back to the way back. According to the National Coffee Association, coffee originates in Ethiopia, Louis. And there is a legend that there was this goat herder in Ethiopia and his goats came across these berries from a certain tree. And after they ate those berries, they got crazy energetic to the point where they couldn't sleep and they were just like, ah, crazy jumping goats. Um, And yeah. So they got those berries from the tree. Later, um, he brought it to a monk and the monk threw it in the fire and made that coffee smell. And supposedly that's where coffee started. That monk fell in love right away, I bet you. I mean, apparently he was mad. He threw them in the fire because he was like, no, this is like evil. You know, it's making these goats crazy. And then everybody around was like, whoa, what's that smell? (laughs) Yes. If you add milk or cream to your coffee, your coffee stays warmer, longer. And the reason why, the simplest reason I I can explain this phenomenon is that it increases the viscosity. So the evaporation rate is slower. It's also why your coffee in your hot cup stays warmer, longer with a lid on. Yes. You know, I can't even imagine taking out coffee without like a lid nowadays anyway. So, yeah. And I can't imagine coffee without creamer as much as I'd love to be a black coffee person, because I think it's cool that you get your coffee black. Um, I'm not that cool. I need a little bit of creamer, just a little bit. I'm not a super sweet coffee person, but I need a little bit of milk, some sort of alternative milk, maybe like an oat milk inside it. How about you, Lou? Coffee mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're a basic bee. <laughs> My, my my family live on that like big giant hazelnut creamer tub, so I've I've mm. grown to like like it too. So, and it's your thing now. It's my thing. All right, Lou. Of course, we love coffee. Um, I personally am a coffee fanatic, but I'm no connoisseur. So today we are talking with a man who knows a lot about roasting. Uh, We're getting our fix with Las Vegas local entrepreneur, Josh Molina of Makers and Finders, as well as the new Take It Easy Coffee Roasters. Josh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited. All right. The first two words in your LinkedIn bio are coffee lover. (laughs) Over everything else. Yeah. <laughs> so what drives that passion? Well, it's a, a lifetime of drinking coffee. And partially, I think it's genetics as well. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. Colombian-American, first generation. So both my parents are from Colombia. 
my dad is from Medellin. My mom is from Cali. So, you know, we know what Colombia is mostly famous for is, uh, the most famous is coffee. So, um, I definitely grew up with it, believe it or not. It was a ritual that would happen every morning and every evening. Like we'd have the evening cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think a lot of people do understand this now because I've asked around, I'm like, hey, do you drink coffee at night? And originally it was a lot of no's, but now I feel like people are getting it. It's like that evening cup of coffee. It's like a little jolt, but it's also soothing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. And then in 2013, I discovered specialty coffee, which is just uh, a really, you know, micro uh, way of looking at coffee origins, production processes. And I just like fell in love with how vast the world was. And I think like how undiscovered and like evolving it was, uh, it was, uh, it is at right now still. So, um, yeah, I just, I love coffee. It's a comfort thing too. When you say that it goes way back in your family, what age were you when you started yeah. drinking coffee? Dude, is there like a coffee uh, yeah. Is it like teenager or is it like five? You know, yeah. like, what is it? Two years old? I'm sure, I know I had a beer when I was two. So maybe that's what it is. Look, if, if there's a coffee law, I don't want to know anything about it. So Back but, uh, yeah, I mean, my son Hudson, I gave him his first sip of coffee when he was two. And now he just like <laughs> loves the aroma. No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Every morning, morning he comes up to my cup. He lingers over it and smells it and says coffee and <laughs> every morning yeah you're so okay. cute so, so there's uh, no age limit <laughs> yeah, there's no, age no. Limit. no definitely not in my family for sure so i know you've traveled to all the coffee countries in south america um how did that affect your coffee business and what you did here in las vegas yeah so when i did my original travels that was actually before we started makers and finders also in 2013 um, like my first foray into an origin trip in the coffee world, that's what they call it. Origin trip, right. Was mm-hmm. when I went to Colombia. I stayed in the, the, uh, Northern coast of Colombia in this place called Santa Marta. Um, it was actually like the most incredible. I have just great memories of this farm because it's super elevated. It's called it. Uh, it's in this mountain range called the Sierra Nevada of Santa mm-hmm. Marta, which Nevada in Spanish is means, uh, uh, snow, right? Yeah. So there's ice caps, yeah. but there's ice caps, but yet you're like halfway up the mountain and it's tropical weather and there's avocado wow. trees. Yeah. So it was Ooh. like mind bending to see how many like subclimates there were in like such a short, you yeah. know, elevation. So, um, and then, yeah, I went to Colombia, I went to Peru. Uh, I still go back to Colombia and I'm trying to strengthen our relationship with producers out there too. That's more of a recent thing, but that really, that trip, but because it happened before I op- we opened Makers and Finders, that was like a really big motivator. Um, I actually got sick uh, the, at the tail end of the trip. It was a 30 day kind of like backpacking deal. And um, I lost like 25 pounds in five days. It was, oh. yeah, don't, don't drink Peruvian water, even if it's been, tri- <laughs> even if it's been triple boiled. Wow. Triple Interesting. Boiled. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I mean, given that it was in a remote region too, yeah. but, but like, it just really kind of made me understand like the process that like really happens for coffee. I think we, I personally have taken it for granted. Like you just get the cup of coffee from your favorite shop and you know, you, you, you gulp it down and you're just like, all right, I'm ready for the day. But you know, there's, there's such a 
chain that uh, of of hands that touch it, and you know, there's there's so much work that goes into it, and it, it's just a beautiful thing that I was very uh, gracious to like witness. So. You know, that actually leads to one of the questions that I had for you, which is, um, you know, all the interviews that I've read of yours where you describe coffee making. It's interesting. It reminds me of an interview that we had with one of our favorite interviews ever with John Arena from Metro Pizza. And he said that you really have to think about the whole process of making mm-hmm. pizza, you know, from like the people that grow the tomatoes, you know, the people that make the mozzarella. And how does that relate to coffee? John, by the way, is a freaking legend so yes um, right <laughs> thank you for quoting that man You're right um yeah one of our favorites yeah he's he's just a bank of knowledge it's in, it's insane so other level um, <laughs> yeah literally um yeah i just to me it's definitely I, I to see it firsthand you know to see the these remote because a lot of the these coffee farms that aren't mass produced which is especially in colombia there's a lot of that still, you know, um, even though coffee has been in production for so many hundreds, hundreds of years, like they're still under resource, like they're just, you know, laborers that go to the camps and, you know, make their money based on how much they, how much, how many coffee cherries they pick on a day to day on a per diem. Right. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's everything to me. And I think that that's the, that's the one thing that I try to pass down to like in training, I feel like training is such a important, but yet one of the most like mysteriously difficult things to do um, in food and beverage. It's like, because everybody learns differently. So I feel like the one thing that I've tried to always come back to is like that. It's like, you know, there's so many hands that, that touch it before us. We're like the last hands. So if we do something wrong or we don't, you know, honor that process, you know, it's just, it's all of that is in vain before us. So it's super important. Like what, what the producers do, you know, washing the coffee, drying the coffee, processing it so many times, the exporters, the importers, it travels by sea a lot of times by for months. And then to finally get to, you know, for us to experience it, like it's a big deal, really big deal. So Louie and I like to nerd out on things. We're just like super geek nerds when it comes to like, we both have like the Tacopedia book. Like we learned that when we actually showed it to each other because we're nerds. We just, we like stuff like that. And we think you're probably a coffee nerd. So <laughs> we heard about your Diedrich IR12 roaster. I saw it. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is it? Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Why is it important to showcase it for you? Literally, I I had that Diedrich IR12 in our warehouse for two and a half years because I was I refused to not to not use it until I can showcase it because it's just going back to what we were just talking about. It's like you know people need to see that we take it for granted. It's so easy to take for granted. um, You know a lot of everything that we'll be doing daily daily life, but for coffee, it's such a big passion of mine that I just wanted to make sure that. It's on display. It's the centerpiece. And that is why you're here. You know, it's that craftsmanship, everything that goes into roasting coffee, profiling it, sampling it, everything that goes into it. Right. And um, yeah, that Diedrich IR12, I love it. It's made in the USA. It's a great piece of equipment. Um, It's a little bit of a cleaner roaster too. It's like it uses infrared heating. So it's like 30% cleaner. And man, we pump 
hundreds and hundreds of pounds of roasted coffee out of it. So, yeah. So what's up with that graph? What does that tell you? Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy scientific. What does to it me. mean? It's like, it's spitting out a graph, Lorraine. So it's like every batch of coffee that they roast has like particular like ooh, ooh, at a certain time. You know? Yeah. So the roaster has six thermocouples, which are just a fancy word mm -hmm. for six points where it's reading temperature, right? Huh. So the graph, yeah, the graph is just recording those six temperature points in relation to the to the roast. So that graph you're what you're trying to build is the roast profile in that graph and all you know oh. uh yeah so the graph obviously you preheat the, the 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 roaster and so when you drop in the beans they're room temperature so the first thing you experience is that drop in temperature from such a hot roaster when you preheat it just like an oven um and then it drops in temperature and then that point where it stops dropping and then picks back up that's an important point as well. That's 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 an indicator in your graph and into where you start your your process of of development, right? So uh, yeah, that graph. Honestly, you build the roast pro. It's a it's a recipe that we're looking at. So ah. essentially, yeah. So we do it. We try it. We try it a bunch of times, and then when we say, "Hey, this is the one," we save that graph, and then every time we oh. want to replicate it, we literally that's, have to do the that's protocol. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so and then this, awesome. is, this is manually controlled by the person that's operating this degreased yeah. roaster. It's crazy, Lo. You should go come on down and see it for yourself. Because I was so Oh, I definitely it. want to. I don't get out to Chinatown yeah. as much as I'd like to. I go to makers and finders in Summerlin all the time because that's my hood now. <laughs> but I'm going out there. Yeah, I gotta see that. I'm so interested. That's interesting that you're talking about the profile too. Um mm -hmm. I've never been to a coffee tasting. I've been to tea tastings recently, and then I've been to a million wine tastings. Mm -hmm. So do you talk about coffee like that at all? Like, do you go through that, like, sniffing and, like, <laughs> the finish and, like, the first note and all stuff? Like, do you, do you nerd out on that stuff, too? Yeah, well, it's, it's part of my job. Or is that too much? <laughs> no, like... Not, like, with... Not in conversation, I'd say. Not, in, not if I'm small talking, if I'm just trying to, like, you know, uh, I, I don't like like snobbing out, especially when it's someone who doesn't <laughs> fully know what's going right. on. Um, it's different when I'm with my head roaster or like, you know, we're cupping. So the pro like the tasting process for for coffee, it's called coffee cupping. Right. Oh, and it's, it's, it's similar to wine tasting. Yeah, uh, it's definitely similar. Obviously, there's a protocol. Um, there has to be a certain amount of grams, a certain size of the coarseness of the of the coffee. Essentially, what you're trying to do is set up controls, right? You're trying to make it uniform mm -hmm. so that all the coffee that you're tasting is has equal opportunity, essentially, right? So you set up your controls. Yeah. Um, so you set up your controls and um, you get all the coffee weighed out the same. You get them ground up the same exact size. And then you literally have to like pour the hot water, get it all done as, as simultaneously as you can, right? Um, wow. but before you do that, you want to, you know, smell the aroma, you know, just to kind of get what notes are coming, uh, are coming up through your nose. Um, and then once you start pouring the water, you wait four minutes and then you do what's called, you break the crust, which is a really fun uh, thing to do. And, and so you, you, it forms this crust layer because you don't touch the coffee when the hot water is poured in and that crust, when you break it is essentially where you're capturing a, a dense amount of like 
the notes on the aroma. So you break it to like identify what this coffee, uh, what the notes are on this coffee on the nose. And then you wait uh, some more time and then you start the, the cupping process, which it is a slurping as well because you want to cover your entire palate to get an ag- <laughs> Like You're that? made for it. You're ready. Let's go. <laughs> Tomorrow, 4 p.m. All right. <laughs> right. Dude, I actually want to do it. It sounds super interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of coffee shops have been, well, pre-pandemic, uh, they've been, they did a lot of uh, coffee cu- community cuppings. Um, we want to do virtual cuppings and community cuppings in the future. So you're going to get an invite for sure. All right. So and slurping then, is next. <laughs> yeah, slurping. And essentially, you're looking for five things, right? The acidity or how bright it is, right? Um, You're looking for uh, the flavor, right? What notes come out, the body, right? Is how does it hold up? Is it honey-like? Is it, you know, like watery? Um, And then the aftertaste, right? You want an aftertaste, right? You want it to kind of linger a little bit, but it does, you don't want it to be bitter. And then the overall, the overall number for it. And then you rate it. It's like from 6.0 to like, 9.8 9.8 or so and you go through each one and rate it and you know identify the the flavors the notes and you know everybody's palate's different so it's really fun to yeah. just be able to go through it and and taste coffee and you're technically you know you slurp it and then you spit it out but you know by the uh. end of it even, even if you spit it out you're you're highly ca- caffeinated by the end of it so yeah my motto's yeah. always been spitters or quitters when I go wine tasting, I swallow. And I said it. I don't give a fuck. I said it. I swallow. I like Anyways, your style. Uh, <laughs> you own your coffee shop with your parents. Yeah, yeah. What's that like? Like, how has that been for you? Is it awesome? Is it not awesome? Like, what's it like? Because I know it can be like interesting owning things with your family and working Our with your family on a daily basis. Yeah. Our parents micromanagers. Yeah. <laughs> Like in business and in real life, <laughs> because I couldn't do it. But I mean, you might have you know. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it was. It's been a really big challenge. So to clarify a little bit, right before my parents have always owned Makers and Finders, or they you know invested in Main Street and they trusted me to 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 take this project on. Uh, technically, the first two years I had a business partner. Um, and then, you know, we went our separate ways. And, um, so she was like the one to help me launch it. And, uh, and then from there, after she was, after she left, then my mom is the one who really kind of came in and started working full time. Uh, my mom's the 35 year, like admin workhorse secretary, paper pusher, like extraordinaire. Right. Ah. So, yeah. And so um, you know, it, it's challenging because me and her are very similar. Like we're very type A, like, like, ah, like, what are we doing? Like a million things going on. And then we're like running into each other and like, yay, move out of my way. And we're both super like intense, warm blooded people. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so the first few years, the first few years, she jumped full time. She retired from UMC. That was her last, uh, medical facility that she worked at, I guess, or hospital. Um, and, that was right when we opened Summerlin. So in 2017. So man, I have to be honest, like the first two years were super difficult because yeah. of what I just described. Like we're too similar. Like we're yeah. just like in each other's shit and like not letting each other breathe. And, um, you know, it, it was a battle and in both ways, like, you know, uh, but somehow, some way we've kind of like 
been able to evolve. And now, like, honestly, I wouldn't trust anybody else as much as I trust her. Like, I, yeah. I love being able to talk to her and see her every day. But, you know, we still get in each other's nerves, but it's a lot, it's a lot more peaceful now. That's awesome. I mean, if you can evolve like that, that's perfect. That's perfect for both things, for your business and for your personal life. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got to ask you, you've opened two successful coffee shops in your 20s. So advice for other potential young entrepreneurs. I know that's kind of a loaded question, but just even things that are like, oh, don't do this. And I know everybody's different, but I think people would love to know like, you know, some secrets or anything that you can give them. Um, I guess for sure, make your bed every morning. Um, I just feel like I think that, you know, it's the simple, uh, like it's, it's, everyone has a lot of dreams and we all want to accomplish so many things, but sometimes it just starts by taking the small steps. And I say, make your bed every morning, because I feel like that's like just a way of like, for me, it was always like, I'm not leaving the house until like I get my, my home ready and I leave like Mm -hmm. everything as organized as possible. Um, but ultimately I think it comes down to, you know, save your money, be like, be responsible with understand finances, Um, don't be afraid to build your credit. You know, that was a big part was being able to build your credit. Like a lot of people are just like, well, I have a 750. And, um, but that's, you know, credit is activity. Like you want to maintain activity in your credit by installment loans, revolving loans. Um, and, uh, I'm not sure if that's, this is the answer you guys are looking for, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, and I think that my mom, you know, being an immigrant, that's always what she told me. Like, don't let your credit go bad. Your credit is your name is what she's told me. Your credit is your reputation. So, you know, honestly, that was a, that was major, major keys right there because, you know, now, especially now, all right, let's, let's go, let's talk about now pandemic, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The whole PPP, the EIDL, all the stuff that uh, that's being offered by the, by the government, you know, a lot of that is credit-based. And, and a lot of times I, I know business owners who didn't get it because of credit issues. So, because ultimately a lot of these programs, some of the, the PPP, you don't pay back, but uh, the EIDL you do. So they, they yeah. need to make sure you're credit worthy. So, you know, credit is super big and, you know, just, just um, start, start small, take steps. I think the first step is always the hardest one. And, and um, you know, I, I, I faced, you know, opening makers and finders, number one, like, I just, it sounded so outlandish and nobody really like, what, like, what are you going to do? Like, that's just, that makes no sense. Like you're going to open a restaurant, a coffee shop. And, you know, so there's a lot of, of that, that, you know, you're going to inevitably come across and determination's everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like no matter what is in front of you, just, just uh, keep pushing forward and, and don't give up no matter what or who says anything to you, you know? Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Louis, let's move on to show and tell. Mm, do it. What you got for us, Mr. Josh Molina? I have. <laughs> so. Whoa, that looks like a luggage scale. <laughs> not a luggage or something like a book light to me <laughs> <laughs> it is a voice recorder oh okay oh. 
okay. Um, so this is my favorite tool in my whole life ever because like I was saying earlier, I cannot shut my own brain off and I cannot sometimes, most times, my thoughts are moving faster than anything else around me. So yeah. I have just trained myself to like, hey, you know, especially like with ideas and like things you want to do, like sometimes they flash and they're like as quick as you get it, mm -hmm. they're gone. So like this to me is everything. I got this like about two years ago because I was really struggling with maintaining like, uh, you know, my schedule, organization, remembering things. I was literally couldn't remember shit. Um, and I just like got so tired of it and I, was that like, uh, I think I had just gotten into a car accident. So like I had to go to like a doctor's office and I was like in a really bad place personally. I was like figuring shit out. And I saw the doctor and he's like talking into it. And I'm like, dude, that's what I, that's what I've been needing my whole life. Like I need a way to just capture my thoughts before they, they're gone with the wind. So <laughs> awesome. I, I, talk to Siri, I talk to Siri all the time, dude. Like, hey Siri, make a note. Yeah. Hey Siri, yeah. I did this, I did that, blah blah Dude. blah, and then I go through it. Yeah. But that's yeah. awesome. That's your pandemic friendship, man. That that actually <laughs> shows me that you're more of like an auditory person instead of like a write me down like visual person. Yeah, because I'm like the notebook cool. person. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny you say that, nice. Louis. It's so funny because yeah. like you're right. You're 100 percent right, and I'm like in a moment right now to where I am like. You're right. I'm totally auditory and I'm way too comfortable with this thing. But today, like an, like two hours ago, literally, I was uh -huh. having a conversation and I'm like, I need to write this down because I don't like, I'm not a writer. I don't really do it. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, like I felt so much more organized when I wrote it and it was uncomfortable, yeah. but like, yeah, it, it just like worked a different part of my brain and my memory and it felt good, but it was really hard right. to do. But yeah, you're right. Good catch. <laughs> That also means he right. enjoys listening to music. Yeah. True. A lot. Like a yeah. lot, yeah. lot more than like the regular person. So. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. Psych yeah. I must be like touchy-feely person because I need to touch <laughs> things in order to understand them. Um, okay. Louis, we are moving on to On The Fly. And Josh, what this oh. is is 60 seconds rapid, rapid fire questions. Oh. It's just fun stuff. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. Louis, are you ready? So ready. Let's do this. Okay. Start the timer and I'll go. Go. Favorite arepa filling. Ooh, queso. Cheese. All day. What is your food guilty pleasure? Oh, you guys are going to hate me. Big Mac <laughs> with fries. Oh, oh my God. That's fine, dude. That's fine. I jones for them with rib. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Knowing what other people are thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. Childhood favorite food. Ooh, uh, childhood favorite food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this Big Mac thing has been around my whole life. It's a problem. Uh, hamburgers. Okay. <laughs> Dream place to travel and eat. Ooh, uh, Mexico City. I'm dying to go. I'm dying to go. Just All right. Yeah. Your coffee making soundtrack. Ooh, uh, Lo-Fi, Focus Flow, um, and Healy. I love Healy. Uh, gotta I'm going to keep that. going, Lou. I'm going to Go keep going. It. Comfort food craving. 
God, please don't say hamburgers again. No. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no hamburguesas. <laughs> uh, it's called, it's, it's a Colombian thing, picado. It's French fries with like sausage and like chicharrones. A picado, yeah. Huh. Nice. I, love French I like it. First thing you'll do when the pandemic is over. <sighs> Hug someone in front of somebody else without getting judged. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, I hate best thing about living in Las. Oh, best thing about living in Las Vegas. It's okay. Um, the sunsets. God damn, we have some good. Yeah, sunsets. right. Oof. I mean, literally, Insane. like, pink skies, purple skies, like, underrated, honestly. Right? Totally. So, totally. And finally, your go-to Uh-oh. coffee order. Ooh, mm, that's two. There's loaded. always two. <laughs> a okay. cortado. We want to know. A cortado. With, uh, and either if they have a hand pour over, then I do a pour over, right? A, uh, or, okay. or, or just a filter drip, a drip coffee. Yeah. But I like okay. to get both of them, yeah, because one tells me about the espresso and the other one tells me about the, the coffee. Cool. I got to ask this question. How annoying is it when people like know so much about coffee that they like know more about you, more than you do? And maybe they just think they know more than you do. Like, is it super annoying? Because everybody nowadays is like ridiculous when it comes to their coffees. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, the average person it doesn't know what they're mm-hmm. talking about, which it makes it easy for me because I'm just like, you know, I know, yeah. I know exactly, you know, I can tell right away. But when there's a legitimate like coffee snob, specialty coffee person, I kind of get like interested and like curious. I'm like, I would love to know, you know, about what they know, and I just want to learn. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I don't really get too annoyed, honestly. Because it would annoy me. Like, I would be so annoyed. Like, if I was just, like, a regular barista at, like, a coffee shop and it was just, like, someone that had, like, a long list of things. It's, like, as a chef, it annoys us. When people say, yeah. like, 25 things that they want to do to change, like, something on the menu, it's like, ah. Oh, yeah. Modifiers are not our worst enemy. Yeah. 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 Totally, totally. And for me as a photographer, yeah. when, like, uh, somebody knows or, or says, like, oh, you know what? It's your fancy camera that makes the photo. Yeah. Yeah, and That's you're like, oh yeah, it has nothing to do with this skill at all. No, no. Forget <laughs> Thanks the fact for that. That I, actually, that I actually went to school for this and actually developed my eye for it. So yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> anyway, it's all about right. appreciation. Passion. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Always about passion. Okay, let's go ahead and sell it. That's the last thing we do here for take it easy for making and makers and finders. God, I cannot speak English today. Anyways, <laughs> what do you want people to know about makers and finders and take it easy coffee roasters? Go. So, you know, makers and finders is a bustling cafe. If you want a place where to feel the energy, to get motivated by other people around you, to hear the conversations, to be around others you have to go to makers and finders and that's not even touch that's just the surface that's not even talking about the coffee handmade syrups the latin comfort food but uh to me it's just so bustling and so arepa eggs benedict eat it it's delicious (laughs) right okay keep going go ahead (laughs) take it easy roasters it to me it's it's all about um the the craftsmanship if you've ever wondered what happens in a bakery because there's so many intricacies that go into being a pastry chef and a baker it's a science through and through uh take it easy is a place where you can see that it's an open bakery 
I think it's so fulfilling to like really see what it's like to be a baker and see the baristas in action and just kind of collect your thoughts and zen out. And that's that spot. Let's take it easy. You're awesome. We're going to be over to Take It Easy Roasters and go out to Makers and Finders, guys. It's fucking awesome. We love you. Good luck with everything. I appreciate it. Good vibes your way. Hope your business keeps going strong. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs. That's with a number two on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.